This is Jeff or nothing, and you're listening to today's Boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio. Thank you for tuning into this week's edition of today's Boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated entertainment cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news, entertainment information and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for tuning into the show here at Domain Cleveland. What's going on, everybody? This is Bill Bailey with today's Boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio, and I am sitting here with... Uh, Jeffrey Nothing. Tommy Church. What's going on, guys? Same old, same old, kind of. How you doing? Good, good, man. I'm, I'm glad uh, we were finally able to sit down and uh, talk. Um, I mean, well, we've got together and talked on the outside. Yeah. You know, we got uh, a history and family connection and all that good stuff. Um, but, uh, it's good to finally get you guys on the podcast and talk about a lot of the, the stuff that you guys are working on right now. Sounds good. So, uh, um, what do you guys want to, uh, tell me about this doom candy that you've been handing out there? Little, little samples on the internet. Uh, we've, uh, we started throwing the idea around around 2013 and, um, there wasn't a lot of, uh, free time in those days so it was kind of on the shelf for a little while and we uh did a uh a song and we ended up uh having a dj from venezuela now in germany do a remix of that song and then there's been a little red tape involved in that so we haven't released it and we just said why don't we just start making some new music and uh that's where cry fire and downfall of your army came from just actually getting down to getting some out and letting everybody hear it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm really digging it, man. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm seeing kind of like the reference, and we've talked before off, uh, you know, uh, in private about, um, you know, Big Pharma and, you know, just the ways that they just, people are being poisoned out there. Is there kind of like a reference there with the name? or? Yeah, I mean, um, Doom Candy just had a good ring to it to me, and I, I think uh, – even if you overindulge in the uh, sweets section of the of the idea, it can kill you in the long run. But it definitely uh, goes into the opiate world and how that's kind of, to me, forced on all of us in, in ways. And, I mean, you can take it to the extent you want and it ends up taking you in the long run, but it's just a fitting name. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I mean, I know there's, like, studies out there when because you, you mentioned the sweets and stuff, too. Like that sugar, the way it affects your brain, it's like it so addictive. Like you know, it's up there with like cocaine and stuff. And I know, um, you know, uh, I've read research with people with cancer and stuff that sh- that sugar like feeds cancer too. Yeah, candida, like I think it's called. It's a big time carcinogen. I think the word is. But yeah, it's. I mean, you could be addicted to different things and they'll harm you in the long run. Well, I believe. Uh, sugar is more addictive than cocaine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, the studies, studies that they've had out yeah. there, and that's why it's at the the every checkout aisle in America. Every little time you turn around, there's a candy bar. Sugar. Candy oh yeah, candy. yeah. Get them hooked young, man. It's the original drug dealers. You know, here first samples free. Here you go, little 
Tommy or whatever, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just figured kind of thinking with the name that, you know, that would be, uh, you know, maybe there would be some inspiration behind what's out there, you know, uh, that people are getting poisoned by wake-up calls. I mean, we were talking earlier about the whole thing going on, you know, with Epstein and all that that just was released today. And it's just like people need to wake up to what's going on, man. You know, and, and you guys got the, the ability to be a voice, to make a difference, to yell in people's ears and, and get people, you know, shooken up to start paying attention to what's going on. And uh, you guys got this, this, this outlet here right now. Um, well, you know, the name Doom Candy kind of speaks for itself, you know, because, I mean, you know, Doom, of course, and then Candy, like, say, the sweets. But we all have that addictive personality within us, you know. It's kind of like we're born with it. Yeah. No matter what it may be, you know, like your addiction can be candy, cigarettes, cocaine, or Netflix. Who knows, you know? Yeah, and, and I mean, I know, speaking for myself as somebody in, in recovery, you know, it's like sometimes you'll trade one for for another, and it's not until, you know, you get to the root and start working on it. So whatever it is, if it takes over and it takes your life, it'll eventually lead to death. It could be overeating. It could be whatever, you know. Oh, well, let's say, you know, when when, uh, when I quit drinking, you know, I believe it was the, the sugar and the alcohol that I was addicted to just as much because after that, my soda addiction became... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or chocolates you know, or something. Trading one in for the other, you know. It's like, oh, well, okay, I don't drink beer anymore, but let's chug three Mountain Dews in a row, you know. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> yeah I noticed that when I quit drinking too is like my thing. I was like, man, is this like what pregnant women deal with? Because I'll get like late night cravings to chocolate and I finally had to like, you know, kind of break myself off of, off of that whole thing. But uh, um, so you guys have been working on these. We'll get back on track here. You know, sorry, folks, yeah. but, you know. Um, but uh, you guys have been working on, on, on a couple of these songs and you also got a couple other projects. You're like hands are all over the place right now. You want to talk about some of the other stuff you're working on? Well, we're up. We're about to do this show coming up here soon called a Metal Music Meltdown for the Salute to the Troops, and we're um, gonna be doing that with the Nothing Band. We may do a Doom Candy song in there, possibly. But uh, around the same time, we'll, we're hoping to get some tracking in. Um, that record was started before this stuff. We're a couple songs in. We got a lot of songs, whether they're fully demoed or just the music right now, but. Um, that's going to be really interesting to get in to get back into just a little bit of a little bit of a different element with the live drums and full band more but um everything's going really well writing wise i just can't wait to get everything tracked yeah yeah what what, what i've been hearing it, it phenomenal man and uh i know yeah we wanted to to touch on that that show coming up uh um at the Odeon. And what is that? Uh, August twenty third, yeah. I believe. So, um, salute to the troops. You said everybody that's a, a you know veteran or active military gets in free, and yeah. uh, that's really cool that you guys are you know a part of that. I know you've always been very supportive of our military mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's cool to see you guys still got that going on. Um, yeah, I believe every single one of us knows someone that's in the service or has served or you know in in the service so it's a it's a part of our lives and we love giving back to that you know if, if it wasn't for a good cause like salute the troops i doubt we would be playing that day 
Yeah, yeah. You know. I know, I mean, myself being a veteran who's been deployed and stuff, it's like, you know, just when you want to get out of, just a, you need a distraction from whatever's going on, man. It's either you put in, you know, your headphones and it's some music or something you're listening to or some kind of distraction just to get you through. And I know, I don't know how many times, uh, you know, for myself, uh, you know, I would put in some some bands over there, you know, some well, of those mean, that won't be named at this moment, but, you well, know, I that you guys say, were... Some, uh, some of the military are true metal heads, you know, they, they get into it with the adrenaline and stuff, and, you know, like, being on tour with all the other bands that I've worked with, I always loved hearing their stories, because it was something straight out of a movie that was unreal and is always inspiring in some way, and they love their metal. Yeah, yeah. And trying to drink with Marines is just not fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all, man. I couldn't keep up. <laughs> yeah, my my favorite part of making music is really the stories you hear, just how it helped people get through whatever whatever situation. And definitely the vets, like having the music to keep them um, just happy in that crazy place of war. I, I, that's one of the most amazing things. And we did uh, music for freedom years ago with dope and stuff. And uh, people would just come and give us like a beret or a coin or a patch or just anything. And it meant so much. And uh, yeah. I just really want to tell people to reach out, look at uh, save22.vets and uh, yeah, I was gonna USO of Northern Ohio and stuff and just help make somebody's day better that was willing to make the ultimate sacrifice. I think it really matters. Yeah, the, uh, you kind of got me into in the uh, the Save 22 uh, with uh, Albert, and it's just I'm glad there's organizations like like that out there. I mean, you know, even when we come home, you know, there's still a war that a lot of us are fighting in our heads that we got to deal with. So it's good to have, you know, you know how much part part of uh, what inspires us to keep going could be some lyrics to you know a song you've written or you know yeah. some of that music to make the right choice. So it's good to get you know, the word out for people, man, that there is hope. Keep, you know, sometimes you're going to fall, but fall forward, man. Yep. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about uh, nothing. Um, <laughs> all right, silence. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, what you guys got going on with, with nothing. Uh, it's kind of like been re... You, you've done nothing before. This is a rebranding. Um, what can you tell us about? It's pretty cool how um, the new music, I mean, Fragile Mind and Dead Space Stead are out, and they're they're kind of blowing up in their own right compared to what we did years ago. And um, what's cool is we have a whole record and beyond to track, and it can be whatever we want it to be. There's there's a somewhat rough versions of some songs out that we can even still revisit because they're not fully tracked yet. And we're playing some of them live, and we could still take them anywhere. And that's just the most exciting place to be in, having all the freedoms we have to make this whatever we want. It's it's a really cool place to be. You, you finally got you, you know you're part of the you know you got your own canvas again. You can yeah. create your art for sure. It's uh, like to some of us, music is in us, and it's not just a product. You know, it it is definitely a labor of love and you know just enjoy doing it you know i enjoy writing songs and that's where it comes from you know like i love sitting down and making something out of nothing as i'm sure many people can 
relate to that, you know, and yeah. it's working with your hands and and everything that goes into being human, I guess, you know, you can let that out. Like you said, you know, when you were in the service, you know, that music's an outlet. It's an outlet for us, just like it is for the listener, you know. Yeah. I probably would be in some bad situations if I didn't have the musical outlet, you know. Sure. Yeah. And I believe a lot of people can relate to that in more than one way. Yeah, yeah. And we were, as we were talking a little bit earlier, too, how... Uh, you know, it's funny how everything kind of works out, but, like, when I was uh, stationed over there, Jamie Josta from Hatebreed sent me a care package with, you know, uh, his clothing, a bunch of T-shirts for the guys that I was with, uh, the hate wearer at the time, and some CDs from uh, Stillborn Records, and one of the CDs was your old band. So you want to tell us a little bit about your time? Uh, oh, I mean, let's maybe start with the Tommy Church background a little bit, like, uh, you know, what... What started you with uh, music? What's some of the projects that you've been in? You know, what got you into and brought you to where you're at today a little Somebody's bit? Somebody's throwing skeletons from out the back over here. Uh-oh, uh uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, no, you know, music was just, my mother was always into music, and she was into classical music. And, you know, before I even knew what music was, you know, I was trying to write music even though I didn't know how. And it was just something I loved, you know. I was that kid that went in and stole his mother's makeup and dressed up like Gene Simmons and later got the hickory stick, you know, because I wasted all the makeup. But it goes all the way back to I never knew anything else I wanted to do besides make music. So, you know, influences comes, you know, I picked up a guitar and that was the downfall of my life. There we go. So still, 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 still plucking away at that old thing. But, you know. How old were you when you first started? Oh, I'd say when I could actually play, you know, I got a guitar around when I was like maybe 13, 14, something like that, you know, like uh, I got an old guitar and it wouldn't play, so I went out and mowed yards and bought my neighbor's old guitar, which was a bigger piece of crap than that one, but, <laughs> you know, I learned it, started playing along with Sabbath and Zeppelin Records, you know, the, the same old, old school, and that's where I fell in love with ACDC, only the greatest band ever, by the way, but, uh, you know, it, it was always that inner being to want to create, to always want to write and make it, you know, it was like, uh, I remember when I first wrote my first song you know uh, i wrote like this country song for my grandfather when i when i really first got my guitar you know it was like yeah. 12 i learned three chords and it was like okay so i'm singing to my grandpa on the front porch you know that's that's how it really began as wanting to create and write stuff but then from that you know I, as you grow older you get into heavier bands and then i'll never forget the first time i heard metallica yeah. as, as most of us did you know we were like what was that you know <laughs> and of course that influenced you you know you had to grow your hair and get really big white tongue tennis shoes and <laughs> you know play faster than the speed of sound but you know it all started from that and just and were you pretty much self-taught yeah pretty much you know uh wow. coming back from the 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 mountains you know I'm from the mountains of North Carolina coming back from there it was always there was a lot of music in you know, I didn't realize how technical and great the people around me were because we had this thing called the Opry, and you go down to the old pawn shop and you okay, watch yeah. people play in the pawn shop. And 
just whalers, man. You know, I was watching a dude play all of Ride the Lightning on a banjo, and that just blew my mind. Wow. You know? I'm, like, I'm like, how do you even do that? That is awesome, <laughs> man. So, yeah, yeah it, was, it was like YouTube before YouTube, man. Yeah. <laughs> Live, though. Yeah. You know, you, I mean, you it's better. To right in front of your face, instead oh, yeah. of staring at a screen, there's oh, that connection. Oh, no, he's like. staring at you in yeah. your eyes awkwardly because yeah. he knows he's like, that guy likes Metallica. <laughs> so, you know, it goes all the way back to that. And then, you know, uh, growing up, getting in bands, touring, touring, you know, that's how I met Jeff through the autumn offering, and that goes all the way back to – my younger grindcore days, you know, when nothing was heavy enough. So, yeah. you know, one thing leads to another, and life finds a way of working itself out. Yeah. So, you know, here I am today, still plucking on an old guitar. And now you've Thank moved, goodness. Yeah, and now you've moved not just with guitar, but, I mean, you're, you're known how, uh, whatever that, uh, the, the computer technology sound recording stuff oh, that yeah, you're doing yeah. now, man. Just like I was watching you earlier, I was like, man. There's not enough YouTube videos out there to try and get catch me up to what you're doing. Well, you know, it's that's something that I've just done my whole life. You know, back when I started, and it seems like forever ago, you know, there wasn't YouTube or barely Internet. You know, I, I was in high school when when we heard that first uh, AOL signing on, you know, that terrible sound yeah, it used yeah, to yeah, make, yeah. you know, that used that to be... Screech or whatever. Well, that used to be the best sound in the world. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Everybody loved that, but... You know, it was just something you had to do trial by error. You know, you get in, you learn it, you get your hands wet, you mess it up. And, you know, that part of me is, I think is, I don't know, it's it's almost addictive. More addictive than the sugar we were talking about. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because that's that's the part that I love. Yeah. So, so uh, and then you got a couple current projects. That, I mean, not just with Doom Candy and nothing, but what, what else you've been working on? Well, you know, I just love to write music, and, you know, I love to collaborate with other artists, you know. I mean, I've, you know, I've known, like, Jeff and worked with Jeff for a better part of 10 years now, maybe longer, who knows, you know. And it's like uh, meeting people along the way, and uh, I've got some interesting songs that I've recorded, you know, with with just people all over, you know, being on tour, other musicians, you know. It's like, hey, yeah, do you yeah. want to, you maybe want to collaborate on a song? And they're like, yeah, sure, let's do it, you know, like. That's a great part too, you know. I mean, and I could name nameless people that we have jammed with and recorded with, but you know, I got the church project that I wrote with Waylon. You know, I mean, everybody probably knows that I did that little tour with AKC, and yeah. you know, I've known Waylon my whole life. You know, some people yeah, think that yeah. I only know him from my old job, but it was uh, North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've known Waylon ever since I was knee high. You know, so I've known him my whole life. And, you know, we fight yeah. like brothers. That's how it's supposed to be, you know, just two yeah. southern rednecks. But, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I wrote, wrote a lot of songs with him and uh, just various other projects, you know. Like, I sit at home and I, I I like a lot of the still heavy, heavy metal. So, you know, I do a lot of the grind underground stuff just for my own personal pleasure. You know, black metal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. When the light becomes us. So, uh, and speaking of, man, you want to talk about backgrounds in music, let's get, get here with uh, Jeff, man. Um, I mean, what, I don't think, I mean, all the years we know each other, I mean, I knew Purgatory, Hatrix, and we'll, you know, I'll let you talk about that, but I never, I don't think I've ever asked you, it's like, what inspired you to get involved with music, you know, what was... Uh, I was dating myself entirely, um, 
I was six years old. I was in the mirror with a hairbrush for a microphone, <laughs> singing um, "Don't Hold This Against Me." The Osmonds and the Jacksons. Nice. And uh, <laughs> moved awesome. on quickly to uh, Simon and Garfunkel's Greatest Hits, and then the Beatles. Then it went on to Jewish Priest, Iron Maiden, anything heavy. And uh, I tried to play bass and play Kiss songs and other covers. Try to play guitar. Did you do the tongue? Just kept, <laughs> kept singing right on through. And um, had a so-so band when I was fourteen. Nothing to write home about. And was that their name? Nothing to write home about. Is that where nothing started? That's a good title. But anyways, <laughs> uh, then I um, I uh, jammed a little more later on. And then around twenty-one, I uh, had a friend that was in a cover band back then called Fastlane, and he had a couple other friends that wanted to be singers and he said let's separate the men from the boys and i tried out for a cover band and got the gig even though i had the flu i sang the ocean by led zeppelin for my audition but uh i just watched like uh local bands like snake rock and um just different bands like cleveland connection and stuff back in the day and uh made me want to do it really bad and i I wrote him for a friend's band on when I was graduating high school, it was uh, After Forever was one of the other bands, and then they won it, but I was, I was like a roadie for that one show, and I was like, I got to be up there, and I just started singing and got in a band called, it was called Easterly at the time, and um, it was just a cover band. I, I was just there for another guy's audition, and I was sitting on the floor screaming along, and they're like, you want to sing for us? And it became an eye for an eye, and... That was with uh, Joe Novinick, Frank from Hapri's uncle on bass, and uh, for whatever reason, I moved to New Orleans around that time, and it was in a band that was called White Heat. Oh, I never knew and that. And it wasn't a hair band. It wasn't the hair band White Heat. It was a different band. That was like 83, 84, and then um, they decided they wanted to go back to their original thing where just the three members of the band sang, and I came back home and formed Purgatory. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had no idea that you lived down in New Orleans all yeah. these years. We've known each other. Never My brother actually uh, was in the service, and he met his first wife, and she was from there. So they they relocated there, and I was just wanted to do something else instead of stay at home. So I moved down there with my brother. Tell him about the bag of popcorn. <laughs> yeah, I lived down a bag of popcorn for about two weeks from the movies. <laughs> Down there, where yep. you were living? Wow. Yep. Yeah, so you know about paying dues, man. Yeah. <laughs> Something that people <laughs> don't know about today, man. They expect everything to happen right away, but, man, sometimes you got to live off a bag of popcorn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chase your dreams. We, um, we did shows, and when we weren't doing shows, my roadie Bob Pra's brother worked for Pizza Joe's, and we would deliver flyers. In the, the pizza doors, boxes? And we get paid with pizza. <clears throat> And that's what we live on. <laughs> nice. But yeah, it's a it's a fun road. It's it's um. But you just knew has its ups and downs. But doing music is definitely an interesting life. Labor of love, you know. I mean, it's definitely something that's always been in your heart. Oh yeah, and that that's the most important part. That exact word. And it is a lot of hard work, even with the new technology, you know, you got, yeah. you got everything in this world to make your life easier, except, you know, 
writing a song still comes from within. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah, you can hit play on a computer, but it's still the part of making the music and the human interaction. The laughing and smiling in the studio, that that's, that's an amazing life. It's amazing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever your studio is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, I'm get, I'm, I have the opportunity to sit here in yours right now. So, yep. appreciate it. It's like a Battlestar Galactica, that ragtag fugitive fleet. But it works, and it, the heart that matters. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then so, uh, I have to, you know, I have to throw a mention out there, you know, uh, with your timeline because we had met uh you you'd brought me in which you know something that you know i don't know how many people speaking of the heart i mean i have to say if it wasn't for jeffrey nothing in his heart i was going through a really rough time in my life uh, i lost a friend personal friend and uh i happened to call that hotline of that that band that won't be named and uh you know i get a call back you know and i'm talking i was down and out man and i got a call back from you inviting me to come hang out down at the practice spot you know and it's like you know i mean you didn't have to do that you know but uh it, it i'm i'm forever grateful despite all you know everything that's gone on man it's just like you know we formed a friendship there that that's still going today man and it's just like you know there's more to i mean you are a man of heart man and i can definitely vouch for that thanks i appreciate that and i think um if anyone runs into trouble, it, it's not remembering that we're all human beings and it's cool and okay to reach out when somebody needs help and to uh, um, be real people always, I feel like. And uh, I'm glad we got to talk again and everything's good. And I love you, brother. I love you too, man. Thank you. Um, so it's something else that I, uh, you know, we, we haven't had a chance to discuss yet, but, you know, I'm kind of like a Facebook lurker. You know, sometimes see what everybody's got going on. And I see that you uh, doing doing another uh, movie project. You yeah, I, uh, opportunity to work on right now. Yeah, I just uh, met Drew Fortier. I think his name is. And sorry if that's a mispronunciation, but uh, Doug Esper. Yeah, our buddy brought Doug. him to my attention, and I was a little bit scared because I've done a couple movie projects, but I haven't really had a lot of dialogue. And um, it just worked out really good because I was playing a homeless guy and I was sitting in a little chair I have in front of a train car and and uh, the gravel on the tracks, I could hold the script down and we just did a little bit at a time and playing with the rocks became part of my character and I could keep the pages down because the wind was blowing pretty good and it was just a really fun experience to do it and, and um, life can enter art a lot and just what I've been going through for a while just helped that character become become what it ended up a lot more and it was really fun really a good release in its own right yeah but that's uh you know and i always get his i always screw up his last name dave ellison that's like he's he's got like a, a a movie uh production thing now i mean he's got coffee he's got you know uh everything you know with his music you know plays megadeth and whatever yeah. so this is like one of his projects now that you're yeah you talked about having a part us of. having a platform i think um dave has the resources and the time and it's cool that he's getting all these irons in the fire and uh, i was lucky enough to have a connection to that that way and I, we just met him not long ago uh, ellison 
played at Winchester. Uh, Winchester, I think it's called. I saw, yeah, you got the opportunity. To get I got there. the same piece as the chorus, and um, it was fun. And those guys are all really cool, and uh, it, it was something I never expected going to see him back in the day at Old Brooklyn Tavern and Shadows and Fantasy and stuff like that. So it was a really cool experience, and um, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, that's awesome, awesome. And shout out to our buddy Doug Esper, you know, for uh, you know making that making that connection. I remember back when we we did his old like ClevelandHits.com, that old in, internet streaming studio. They were kind of ahead of the the game back then. Yeah, it was a party in Brunswick, and I went across the road to get some uh, adult beverages, and he was the cashier. That's the first time I'd ever met him. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good dude, good dude. Um. So like uh, now with that now you got that uh, that you're working on and and uh, you just mentioned uh, you know playing with uh, with Dave, what uh, you know when I think about like unique voices out there you know and yours is definitely very when you hear you sing you know who it is you know you got it's like your own like stamp Thanks. you know uh, but another one that that's kind of you know. Uh, has that old stamp that you know that knows him too. Speaking of Megadeth, you know, Dave Mustaine. Um, was he ever like a and and you know prayers and and positive vibes to Dave oh, yeah. with his battle right now with uh, throat cancer. Yeah. Um, but w- was he somebody that ever w- was uh, somebody that you were ever you know inspired by in your singing or? Yeah, I mean, I I uh, really what made my. Um voices i've just always been influenced by everything if i could sing it i'd be singing it whatever was on the ra- radio and i love peace cells and killing is my business and um just that era of metal really molded me a lot a lot of people used to hear, say they heard john bush uh ian asbury from the cult just anything i could really sing i'd be singing and i feel like all of it had some of what of an effect i think Unless there are some cases where it just works out really well for a singer, I think if you just find one guy you want to emulate, that's gonna uh, slow your growth or or your ability to develop a voice of your own. Other, I mean, just singing everything you'd ever hear is gonna make something new and exciting more than just trying to become a clone. Yeah, yeah, and then. Um You know, uh, we kind of brushed on it a little bit, but anything you want to, uh, you know, anything more you want to talk about with, um, you know, not to bring up another bad memory uh, or resurrect, I'm sorry, another bad memory here, but, I mean, you want to talk about anything with, with your time in Hatrix and then the other band that can't be named? Or? Um, I, I, I really don't have anything to say about any of it. I think it's um, something that, down the room road may have its time and place. I just don't think now is either. I uh, I've just moved on, really. Yeah. All right. I understand. Um. So I got uh get ready to you know wrap this up here. We got uh I'm doing a new thing now. I learned from a, a guy that uh, was helping us out down at the incarceration. Some rapid fire questions I want to throw at both you guys. Uh-huh. Uh, real quick um so top three musical artists that you guys enjoy today 
all that I enjoy today. Well, you know, I listen to a lot of music in passing because I always love the new influences, what artists is doing what, and especially the new stuff. You know, it's like uh, the past little bit. I know it's old school, but Skrillex, I mean, you know, that, that's kind of out there. But, you know, he made some really interesting sounds that really made me want to dive into a different style of music and to try to create something, you know. And there's ever my old faithful ACDC, you know. They'll, nobody will ever take that away from me, you know. And I got to say, I, I kind of like the new As I Lay Dying. I know the guy's been in prison for 12 years and thinking about it, you know. His personal life ain't nothing to mine, but still a great band, you know. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I haven't got to listen to the new tool yet, but 12 years is enough time to forget anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in this day and age, you know. I heard the one song, um, it's interesting that it never, to me, really goes full on heavy, but it is, it is cool, and I like that his voice is just more or less pretty in it. He's been doing a lot of belting kind of stuff lately, so it is cool to hear just soft. Yeah. I mean, not so much in a perfect circle, some of that's pretty soft in itself. Like a nurse who loved me or whatever. So, top three awesome. artists for you that you're. I actually really like a Perfect Circle anymore, more than Tool. Yeah. That's probably one of them. I saw him last last summer, summer before last. Actually, last because we're in the summer. But I had a Rocklahoma, okay. and it was just super dark, and everything was silhouette. But it was an amazing show, and I um. I'm waiting on a new record by them, but the first one was amazing to me, and that's Gemini Syndrome. I keep going back to that. I like it a lot. And then, um, what is the third one? Uh, I just had it on my brain, and I'll come back to it. I'm really excited for a new Avatar record, too. Ever since ever since we had the, the pleasure of touring with them for moment in time that band has always impressed me they just keep getting better and better and they're really good yeah they played sonic temple this year in columbus i got to see them and i was very impressed yeah they're they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're a, a great i band. remember the other one uh, alien weaponry i mean you're 14 years old and you can rock like that that's, yeah i mean the drummer's a little bit older but that's really cool and i like that they have their own culture and it like i like how i was like how bjork would go from english into or whatever she speaks like just all over the map different her band was always different nationalities make it like a you know, world world playing together for bjork but i just thought that band was a breath of fresh air and a little bit stagnant metal world what's the band that travis barker's gonna hook the drummer's butt oh um, what is that band have you was, seen that no, 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 no. Yeah. Well, it, he, he's the guy, what, from Blink-182? Yeah, right? try, yeah, you know, the guy yeah. who survived the plane crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's going to whoop the drummer's butt for talking to his daughter or something. You uh, haven't I seen that? No, I haven't, man. That's oh. news to me, man. I've been caught up in, you know. Is uh, that DJ AM or Ad, whatever his name was? Uh, it was a drummer for some new age band. I mean, he called him out in, like, public, too. He was like, I'm just going to whoop you, you know. I remember a drummer and a DJ crashed, and the DJ was, yeah. Uh, what's her name? The DJ uh, died. Nicole Richie's fiance, and he yeah. killed himself after surviving a plane crash. Wow. Yeah, he he officially uh, eventually died, but yeah, they survived the plane crash. But yeah, that's yeah. the same same guy. Yeah, it was like the I thought it was a Blink One Eighty Two drummer. It was, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he is, and he was in. A he interview. has a new band. No, no, no. He was going to whoop the drummer no, from some band. Somebody's somebody's ass. I don't know. 
Tommy's our National Enquirer here. No, it's yeah. no National Enquirer. I just saw it pop up. Come Rumors on, going on. Come on, y'all. Keep up with those new feeds like I do. It pops up on your phone. Uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter and all. Social media won't let you forget who you are. No, that's true. It won't. It won't. <laughs> they remind you of yourself every day. Or start telling you who you should, how you should start thinking. You know, you got to watch out for that too. You know. Oh, I know. I love it. Like I'll talk to my girlfriend and be like, "Oh, I'll be like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. We should try this new kind of fish food." And then on the way up here, I get ads for fish food, and I have never looked up fish food in my life. But it wow. hurts you say fish food. Yes. Yep. And you see, they won't let me forget who I am. You know? <laughs> so, do you guys believe they have cameras in our? electronics watching us oh yeah we're being watched right now man hi yeah <laughs> so i was like thinking i was thinking when i was going to bring up the the clevelandhits.com stuff is like man i wonder if like doug or somebody kept a recording of some of those because i'd like to you know see that stuff again when we were down there being interviewed or whatever but if doug doesn't i'm sure the nsa does and hey shout out to the nsa if you can maybe send us a copy of that we'd like to check that out again Really appreciate it. Make it pop up on our phone or whatnot, you know. Well, I mean, they do, they don't they admit it now. They don't even care. They yeah. just admit it. They're like, oh, we don't care. Yeah, we're watching you. We're listening to you. What are you gonna do about it? I was like the teens. I, I was yeah. I was listening to uh, Chris Jericho's podcast uh, the other day. It went. It was it's like an older episode. He was talking about yeah, and he was talking about. Uh, uh, he was interviewing some guy with some in- information about UFOs and aliens and stuff like that, and the whole episode was about that. But um, th- you know, there that the D class is kind of coming out. You know, there was like it was Washington Post or whatever. UFOs are real, and you just better get used to it. I guess was the headline or whatever. Yeah. Like they're starting to put the stuff out there now. It's like we can't keep all this stuff secret anymore, man. It's time to start letting the public know. So. It's going to be interesting where, where, where life's head, you know. Um, okay, next uh, question. Songs that have inspired you the most in life? Or a song. That you probably, I mean, it's probably hard to wind it down to just one, but if there's a couple out there that you'd say, you know, through life have really touched you, what would you say that would be? Well, I have numerous, but you go first. I hear crickets right now, but um, <laughs> go first. <laughs> well, I remember the first time I heard ACDC, Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be, and I was like, I want to do that. And I took an old beat-up guitar with the old record and learned how to play that song, yes, by myself. It's not really that hard, but when you're a kid, it's like impossible. Yeah. But I sit there until I learned that whole song by myself. And the guitar was out of tune, so when I got on a tune guitar, I played it wrong. But... I did learn it, so hell ain't a bad place to be. I don't know why. That was just the one. And then, of course, when I heard Metallica, Master of Puppets, I was like, okay, that's life-changing. Yeah. You know? And I mean, of course, all the Aussies and old-school stuff like that, but, you know, that was my dad's music. You know? That was my mom's man. Yeah, yeah. You, know? you gotta come with the, the And, then, you know, stuff. when you heard South of Heaven for the first time, I was like, ooh, how do they play that? You know? So... Those were life-changing songs for me. What about you, Jeff? Would you say it'd be the Osmonds? There isn't really a um, there isn't really a a song on the record, but uh, I was 15. I was walking home on State Road in Parma, and I found Grand Funk Survival on a track, dating me again. But uh, <clears throat> I took it home and it worked, and I listened to it nonstop. And it was like their version of "Give Me Shelter," just was so much more raw and cool to me than the Stones and. I loved the Stones at the time, but 
there was a song, I, if I had to pick the song, I think it was called I Can Feel Them in the Morning. It was just about, I thought, like the vibe of being in Vietnam with the bullets flying by and stuff. And that song just really meant a lot to me. And before that, it was probably Hard Day's Night uh, by the Beatles. The movie on TV really meant a lot to me. And then um, a little bit further down the road. And dated. Either Jesus. like Either like a... Um, Jewish priest, victim of changes. I just thought that song was unbelievable. Sang it as much as I could. Just bands and kids today can't keep up with the Beatles on iTunes. What did they have? Like two billion downloads in one day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. come on. They did the Beatles is just like timeless. It's, oh man, it's all yeah, great the, music. There's new songs that mean a lot all the time. I mean, um, you can find them once a year or something that just really moves you, but. I don't know, you can tell me, is it like an age thing, or has music just turned into one great big mess of just everything? There are some great bands out there, and some great artists, but nothing just seems to catch and stick no, anymore. it don't stand out like it used to, because it's like, but we were mentioning the heart earlier, and I think a lot of it, everything's become so electronic that a lot of the heart's been taken uh, taken out of it you know it's like what 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 do you really feel like what scares the crap out of me and drives me nuts you know i mean i'm raising uh two daughters man and then listen to some of the the mumble rap and i'm like what the heck are you listening to it's like my brain feels you know like i, I mean i guess this billy eilish is some new uh thing that everybody's about but i don't it, it there should be a warning label like if you're listening to like a meditation or something do not operate a you know moving vehicle or something while I listen to this because she makes me want to like fall asleep you know yeah, so it's like I got to turn loves her too and it's it's about like not being here anymore from what I hear from it it's like uh, I'd rather my daughter like somebody that was singing about something about hope yeah yeah exactly I mean she's talented but put down the razor blade yeah yeah I mean I guess it's like their new whatever nine inch nails or something like that i guess but i mean it's just like at least nine inch nails you know had a something that kind of pumped you up this thing's just like man like you just doping out man i like some of the new music you know i know, I know i've heard a lot of people hate on the mumble rap and the new pop music but you know i look deeper into it i don't pay attention to really the the teen kitty pop lyrics or and some of them are actually very dark and crazy just Illuminati uh, cult, satanic, just uh, they make Slayer look like choir boys sometimes, you know, yeah. with the sublimity of it, you know. But uh, uh, I really, I, I, I really enjoy listening to the new programmers and some of the new DJs, and because they're using some of these new instruments and new sounds that I've never heard before that I want to create. But as far as a whole, I, I have to agree, nothing really sticks and stays. No. You know, it's like a like the song Portugal the Man, you know, everybody in America was going around, but it just don't have no staying power, you know, like the Black Keys, the Black Keys are some good rock and roll, I've enjoyed listening to them quite a bit, but I, I thought it may just be me. Yeah, I mean, I like the Foo Fighters, you know, I love, uh, I mean, that's, they seem like one of the last, like, rock and roll bands i mean i saw a little documentary of how they went back to tape and everything recording that, that last album and stuff and it was just like you know i that's well there's no danger in rock and roll anymore everybody's so like 
pristine or something, you know, or like yeah, yeah. clean cut. It's like, you know, where's the Nikki Sixes, <laughs> you know, the dude, and the, you know, the uh, Sex Pistols top, you know, where's the punk rockers in rock and roll, oh, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, and that's another thing. It's like, you know, people are, oh, man, just society in general. If you say anything that doesn't go with the, 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 party line or whatever it is man you just right away everybody's like labeling on you and yeah <laughs> labeling labeling you that there people are afraid to speak up man i was trying to get i was at the walking dead convention with my daughters the other day and i you know with this podcast i try and get like promo ids from people like some of the cast were there and whatever and i was like hey would you mind cutting a promo id for my podcast well i don't know what do you talk about on your podcast it's not about politics or anything is it like scared they don't want to just say hey this is so-and-so and you're listening to it's all you got to say man you know it's like you're not endorsing really you know whatever i'm talking about in my views you're just but it was i was just like taken aback the only guy that gave me one was a guy from uh, the uk <laughs> you know well, you can't have an honest conversation anymore, that's for sure. No. You know, you know, you can try to talk to somebody about something, and then you're automatically labeled, and then all you see on TV is just propaganda and just literally mind control, it basically yep. is, because it's just Ask a your doctor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, there, there's so many, like, like Doom Candy, you know, there's so many drugs for everything out there, but... You know, ask your doctor. It can cause your liver to shut down. It may give you a heart attack yeah, yeah, and blow yeah. out your kidneys. Suicidal but it'll stop heartburn. <laughs> yeah, here's an antidepressant that might cause you suicidal, you know, thoughts or whatever. You know, it's like the 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 side effects cause another problem that you got to take. Oh, we but we got a pill for that. And it's amazing effect. because they uh, they'll have a failure. They'll rename it and use almost the exact same commercial and re-release. And they have all these law firms set up. They're gonna handle your case because they have so much money that they already had that in-house. It's all ridiculous. Well, it's like DuPont and Santos. You can't try anybody for the same crime twice, so they would rather pay big bucks once, and then you can't sue them again. So, yeah. you know, it's a win-win. Sure, I'll give you $5 million. Shoot me. You know, I'm going to go make $40 billion off of the same product because you can't sue me again. Man, yeah. Shame. Um, all right, so back to the questions here. I mean, we could go on and on. I know we've yeah. talked off <laughs> off air before about, like, a lot of stuff going on. And, okay, we're on, like, the same. Oh, we're on air? Wavelength. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. we're still on air. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> Watch out. Uh-oh. Is this thing on? <laughs> so, uh, out of all the places that you've, you know, when you were touring and stuff, what, what would you say was one of your favorite places you got to visit? Or that you, I mean, not just like for, um, that, that you, I mean, you can almost feel it in your body. Just being there made you feel good. You know? Oh man, I gotta say Russia. Yeah. I know everybody is like, I, all the horror stories and blah, 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 blah. I love that place. Yeah. It was colorful. The people were festival. They were dancing around. And I mean, sure. Putin shot down an airplane while we were on our way out. But you know, I mean, <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was great. the The culture was beautiful. The food was outstanding, and everything was really cheap. So it's Russia for me. I love that place. Nice, nice. I, mean, I love I love certain parts of America. I love. I used to think, am I ever going to get to New York? Am I ever going to get to L.A.? And I I love L.A. over New York. No offense, New York. But uh, probably my favorite is Australia because as a kid, my aunt, uncle, and cousins lived there. I ended up playing Perth and Sydney where they lived and uh, Sydney's the cleanest city in the world 
and it's just it's like a almost reversed America because the East Coast is a warmer area because it's just the country and that faces the sun more. But it's just a really cool place. They really love their music and uh, are really fired up fans. And it, it was cool on a club level and, and playing a festival. Yeah. See, I mean, I know during my time with the military and whatever, I got a chance to travel and see places. But, uh, you know, I you know it's cool to visit the big cities for me. It was cool to to, to you know, like I said, okay, cool, here's Times Square, here's New York City, this and that, but it's just like, you know, you just like, there's no way I could want to live here, you know, I want to plant roots here. For me, it was like when I got to go out west with my kids, and being like, I was in Idaho and stuff, just like beautiful, the scenery, and like just the energy about being, you know, I mean, no, uh, what's that, light pollution at night, you see all the stars and everything. Well, now, like he just that. gave me a trick question, you know. You know, well, you didn't. Was, you wasn't talking about America. There's no place like home. I mean, yeah. you know, when I'm in the deep mountains of North Carolina, man, I don't even get cell phone service there. It's heaven. Yeah, well, you got that. Your Tommy Church admitting uh, Russian collusion over here. You know? <laughs> oh, see, done labeled. I mean, I mean, specific place. I really like the machine shop. And it's a lot like Cleveland there, and right up in Flint. So it's not a lot of travel, but. Anywhere is what you make of it, other other than if it's just a terrible club for like size or acoustics or whatever it is. But yeah, most shows, most shows are really cool. Machine shop was awesome. Yeah, and I'm not is. really just talking about like venues or anything. I'm just yeah, like yeah, places yeah. that you got to go out and be. Yeah, I hear you. Know, you. And, and yeah, I like I like home a lot. I mean, it's nice to I don't know. Yeah, home's where the heart is, right? Yeah, That's what they say, man, family and whatever. What do you make of it? What's important? You know, I do life, love the know? metalheads in Texas. You know, I mean, oh, Texas. Yeah. Every time, no matter what <laughs> band I'm touring with, or no matter what, you know, Texas is always, you know, woo. Yeah, we just had a really road. good. We did a tornado tour, and our best show was San Antonio. I think it was. It was a Sunday night, and the guy really doesn't do shows. Sundays much anymore, and we had a pretty good crowd. How many tornadoes did we drive through? I think there was 500 in the four states that had them listed, and then we had one coming home. We were in just south of Columbus, and there was one in Dayton. Oh. <laughs> we drove in Thursday night. There was probably 40 going on all around us in the dark that we didn't know. <laughs> and we got blown off the road. It was raining so hard you couldn't see, and we took refuge in a flooded-out porn store. Wow. True story. Yep. And the guy was a fan. And he knew. <laughs> and he was a fan. <laughs> and we're like, you might not want to stand there when you take a picture. <laughs> we were uh, we were in there, though, and he and I uh, guess where we're from, and he said, yeah, um, Manson, and then he said this other band name, and I'm like, and Stacy's like, yeah, he's the singer. And the guy, I thought he'd need a new pair of pants. <laughs> yeah. But he nice. was there. Uh, the water was just gushing in, and it's the only place we could stay because being on the road was super dangerous. Yeah, and it was the only place that had lots on that we could even find. So you know, we pulled in, and we're like, "Well, let's go see." And we went in there, and the poor place was flooding out. I mean, there was feet of water just coming in, gushing in. And we drove through two or three on the way there. This was a somebody's house? No, no, no. This was on the way to uh, Rock, Oklahoma Oklahoma when we did the, the, the nothing dates. Oh. And then on our way back in Ohio, there was a major tornado yeah, on our way. Dayton. But while we were out west, uh, Missouri, Texas, 
Arkansas and Kansas, I think it was, between the four states had 500 tornadoes. Oh, yeah. Well, that's like Tornado Alley, that's where Kansas we were. or whatever. We but drove it was right that into big the one head. where a bunch of people died in it. Like, oh, yeah. There quite a few people died, And it was like almost, unfortunately. I think it was like almost the anniversary of the day of a really terrible one in the yeah. same place. It was like on the same day. Wow. But we're playing Rocklahoma's opening night, and, and the stage is sinking in the grass because it's so wet from all the downpour the couple days before. Oh, man. That's crazy. All right, um, so three, well, I would just say, like, you know, one person or whoever, I mean, however many you want to mention, but, you know, people that have inspired you or that you can credit for making you the person that you are today, you know, and I'm not talking about, you know, not just like, I mean, you want to say any musicians that inspired you or whatever, but people that have helped form you into the, the, the man, the men you are today. It's a really hard one because to, to, I don't know, you know, all throughout my life I've had a few people help pick me up and I've also had a lot of people help put me down. And being in this type of business, if you want to call it, you know, everybody's cutthroat and out for themselves, it seems. Mm-hmm. And if you do have a good heart and you are a good person, Everybody seems to want to take advantage of that for some reason. And I don't know why. I never could figure that out. But, you know, I've had many great friends through the years that have helped pick me up often, you know, as, as you go. You know, I've had some, some people that have helped steer me in a different direction. But the one person that I got to say that has definitely pulled me out of some very, very bad hard times was God. Because, you know, in some of my darkest moments, I find myself talking to him. And I never really ever thought that I would do that, to be honest with you. But I I can recall quite a few situations to where that little prayer and just that that feeling has came over me and helped me make some decisions that I'm glad I didn't make or that I'm glad I did make or that were very hard to make, and I did it anyway. Yeah, no, I'm... I'm I'm glad you uh, brought that up too because uh, I mean I you know my whole life has been transformed because of you know what God has done for me and it, you know, the stuff He was doing for me back when I couldn't even see it and I think it's funny you know ironic that you know you're saying one of the songs that inspired you back in the day was Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be you know ACDC because yeah. I was kind of attracted to that kind of that that dark stuff as a, as you too and I don't know I mean. You know, maybe I'm not saying that's the, just the title. You know, something like "Hey," you know, might steer our life. But as we, you know, just man, we all got like you know, ha- our lives have been transformed in one way or the other. That's what kept me sober for ten years now is my relationship with God and you know, just gratitude and and um, you know, help me try and be a better dad today and everything. So, man, I'm glad you know we got to to mention him um, and. Uh, well, or, sometimes, or God, like, you know, I don't want to gender identify and offend anybody, but God is God, you know. So. Whatever God is to each individual yeah. person, you know, I mean, it could be some alien that's gray with big buggy eyes. I don't know. That's for each individual person. But, you know, sometimes, you know, like as in life, as I'm sure many people have been that, you know, when when you finally just get that feel, mm-hmm. you know, it's. When, when there's nobody else to talk to and nobody else to turn to and, you know, you're at that point to where 
there's about to be a bad decision made that you wouldn't normally make yourself. You get that feeling and something happens, you know, oh, somebody give me a sign. God, please give me a sign. If you'll look and pay attention, you'll see the sign. And, and the, you know, what I've noticed, too, you know, I'm more open to hear or see the signs since I've been walking this road sober. Yeah. You know, man, you know, so. Uh, well, sobriety definitely clears the mind. Yeah. And you can make better sense of everything around you. And you can make better decisions because the clarity of the mind is, you know, it's hard. It's really hard to to live in this day life every day sober, you know, because, you know, as, as many of us were, you know, I used to be an alcoholic, you know, it was like. Oh, I can't wait to wake up to get another drink because I just hate everything around me. Yeah, know? yeah. Like, or just people with, I mean, you talk about being good people and having, I noticed, you know, having a heart. Sometimes you put, we open it too, too wide and if we don't protect ourselves, you know, like we're taking on the world, you know, we're taking it, we're feeling, you know, we're being pulled in other directions, people taking advantage of that and stuff. And, and I, I think when I look back, when I started drinking and I was using drugs and stuff, it was to numb that that you know i was scared i didn't know a healthy way to like protect myself and protect my heart so Any, i would just numb it and anything to make it go away yeah. just like the pharmaceutical companies are doing to everyone right now you know not to jump on that political thing but i mean you know all of my friends from back home are like just in the methadone clinic you know i mean mm. they have a methadone clinic set up to where you can go in and you pay 11 dollars a day to get high and they're getting you off of methadone how does that work I mean, that makes it's no sense. It's not a drug, you're still on drugs. That's what yeah. I mean. It, 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 they just get you high to get you onto another drug. Humans are addictive personalities with amnesia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, We really are. It, it's born in all of us. And it's like we get electronic ADD now, too, because we're bombarded with so much. If we don't take the time to just tune up, unplug and turn it off, you know, just overwhelmed and stuff. Jeff, you haven't answered that question Yeah, yet. I mean, um. My mother was always my biggest fan, and uh, I would say that was the first person I really met a lot, and I love you, Mom. And um, then meeting my wife changed a lot. I was going to say, I thought of her right away. I was like, you better mention her. (laughs) You'd be sleeping on the couch. Having somebody really on my side and filling my heart and everything. And and, um, Tommy, as far as music, just the guy is amazing what he does and having this friend to make art with it really makes a huge difference and and then what he said too i've uh i prayed like four times in my life three times in my life before uh what's recently been going on and yeah i don't know if it definitely was a situation changing to what i asked and sometimes it felt like it definitely was and then um about four weeks ago at church i said to stacy that it sounds like they're entirely talking about our life, and she said, "That's God." And uh, yeah, and I, um, as a child, I I really did not like anything about the Catholic Church, so I kind of ran from the whole situation more than anything. Just it was too sterile and uncaring feeling to me. But we, uh, she found out she was need another operation. I said, "Let's go to church. You want to go to church?" And we went and. We had gone uh, to help a family member at a thing called Clean Sober Safe, 
just listen, hearing what they had to say and hoping that could help in, in some way. And I remember being there that day, and there was this little girl singing occasional words of a song they were singing, and it's a very musical church, and the pastor's a, a singer, musician, and his daughter has an amazing voice, and their names are uh, Mike and Sandra Payne, and I just thought the music was so amazing, and that drew me in, and then just how the pastor would chuckle to himself on some of the things he said and and like growl a little bit when he felt fired up and it just seemed so human to me instead of i'm watching this computer on stage talk yeah and and it, catholic church was all about my new dress and our new car and and where we go now the cathedral of life it's all about it says on our walls passion for pe- people passion for god and it it's not just neat slogans it is really how it feels well, I know, me, you know, myself, I was raised Catholic, you know, I was an altar boy and stuff like that, and it just felt so, like, you know, robotic, like everybody speak, stand at the same time, speak at the same time. I know it works for some people, and, you know, I'm not trying to completely knock that, but to me, it was like when I came home and got sober and I got saved, it was like a similar situation. I had a family member that was that lost a child because they had, to, they had cancer and they had to treat the cancer and unfortunately lost the child so I went there just to be support you know support my family I wasn't looking for nothing and then it's like the pastor was speaking man and it was like everything he was saying to me I broke down crying it sitting there you know and then I ended up you know it was like he was just talking directly to me and it was God speaking through through him and that's you know he was the guy I ended up giving my life to to Christ in his office man and it's uh you know then I was led to you know uh, uh, the church I attend now that has a recovery place uh, you know, that helped me start my, my sobriety and everything. But, uh, yeah, man, it's like, um, you know, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm just, I'm just grateful for where my life's at today. And, you know, knowing you as long as I, I've known you, you know, I can, I've definitely seen, you know, this positive change, especially with Stacy in your life, man. Yeah. And I'm just so happy for you. Thanks, man. You know? Um, <clears throat> Wow, man, this 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 uh, episode, you know, this interview's been all over the place, but I love it, man, because it's real. You know, we're all talking on stuff that we, you know, for sure we believe, man. And I'm, I'm we can turn into robots if you wish. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I want, I want, you know, if people are willing to listen to this whole thing, man, and I hope they are, that that, that something connects and touches and you know inspires. All right, I you know I had a couple more questions, but I know how long we've been going already, so I'm gonna ask this last one, and uh, it's probably gonna be another one you guys are gonna have to be like, oh man, I gotta really think about this, but that's what I you know I want you know the your guys' fans out there to to get to know you a little bit more, you know the person, not just talk about the music and everything. So what would you want your legacy in life to be after your? Probably as a good person and. Um pretty honest overall and i cared about people awesome tommy well you know as a musician and a writer i definitely want people to enjoy what i have created and what i have done but you know throughout my life i hope that people real recognize you know that i was a good human being most of all and i was a down-to-earth and human being you know you know never been a better than anybody or just you know a good person because i would give a stranger the shirt off of my back and you know that's and i've always had that sympathy and kindness for humans and i know i'm talking to them like i am an alien but (laughs) no it's like 
like in Cleveland, and I'm not going to get on a big rant, but, you know, in Cleveland I saw a homeless man get arrested yesterday at the corner of the intersection, you know. Oh, and I don't know what that guy's problem was. I can't say. there could. Who knows? He could have broke into a store. But all I'm saying is, like, you know, seeing that guy there just makes me cherish my life and wish that I could make others better. You yeah. know, if there was a way that I could change that person's life, I would definitely do it. You know, yeah, and I know that's the kind of person I am. I know one thing that I try and you know share with with my daughters, and I've noticed on the on this journey too that the type of person you're gonna be is, you know, I can tell the type of person you're gonna be by the type of people you surround yourself with yeah. and stuff. And I, you know, it, like I said, me and Jeff have had our ups and downs and our separations and stuff like that. But you know, we're we're back together you know we're back our friendship is stronger than ever and everything and and you know you're in the mix we're all you know like people will pull in attract like people man and i'm just i've been happy to be sitting here with you guys today you know spending this time and talking with you and just sharing man i've had a great time very cool um all right so we'll get ready and wrap this up here this is going to be the longest one ever man but i i love it great um so uh august 23rd the odeon you guys are going to be playing salute to the troops we want to make sure once again we stress that everybody you know anybody that's a veteran military id whatever gets in for free come out check out the show if anybody wants to uh you know follow or listen to some of the projects you guys are putting out and everything where would you uh like them to where would you send them you can definitely go to uh, zombieshark.net and you can uh, check out the new Doom Candy and church projects we have out. And you can also... Uh, JeffreyNothing.com or you can find a, find both Doom Candy and Jeffrey Nothing on Spotify, on um, YouTube, iTunes. Um, yeah, just, just search Doom Candy for Jeffrey Nothing and you'll find something up. And then as soon as something's going to be able... You know, to be people are going to be able to purchase the that'll be through uh, the Zombie Shark or anywhere, any of your guys' outlets or what? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, a lot of them, a lot on the on the music sites, uh, Spotify, iTunes, stuff like that. Like I said, okay, great. Uh, we will have uh, hard copies of of the Nothing and the Doom Candy projects down the road. Well, in today's world, we all know that music is basically free. You know, that comes back to that labor of love. But, you know, you can definitely check us out on the platforms. And if you want to support, it's greatly appreciated so we can continue to do what we do. Awesome, man. Awesome. And I highly recommend, man, you know, if you're you're a fan, you support, man, do do what you can to to help keep, you know, to help keep the dream alive, man. Um, Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, sitting down and doing this with me and giving this opportunity and i look forward to you Thanks, know Bill. just what you guys got on the horizon and just uh you know reconnecting man oh Thanks thank again. you well is it round Thanks. or flat <laughs> <laughs> i still think it's round man but you know so you're one of them rounders i'm one of them rounders <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah you know what
for tuning into this week's edition of today's boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated entertainment cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news, entertainment information and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for tuning into the show here at Domain Cleveland. <laughs>